Let's turn to Psalm 20. This psalm is written in a little bit of an unusual way, and so it lends itself even more perfectly to what Paul said about the psalms in Ephesians 5:19 and Colossians 3:16 that it's through the psalms we admonish and teach one another along with spiritual songs and hymns. But as we read this psalm, I hope you'll notice that we together are describing and exhorting one another to believe how God will take care of us. Let's rise together and read in unison the nine verses of Psalm 20. Together, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the King hear us when we call. Amen Amen and amen. You may be seated. There isn't any doubt in the psalmist's mind about whether the Lord will hear, will defend, will send help, or will strengthen, or will remember. It's the nature of this particular psalm for us to exhort each other to believe that. While I'm saying these words to you, you in turn are saying them to me, and together we're encouraging each other to believe these things. Because verse 6 tells us that there wasn't any doubt in the mind of the psalmist. Now I know that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. The, the world can talk about the right hand of any man as much as they want, whether it's a right-handed pitcher, batter, or boxer. None of them are able to punch their way out of a wet paper bag. But the Lord can reach forth his right hand from heaven and deliver us from any predicament. Amen. Right. So we have Psalm 27 that we learned a week ago about though an host should encamp against me. In this will I be confident, because if the Lord reaches forth his right hand on your behalf, you will be blessed, and no one can stop it. No one can even question it. But look at the, look at the exhortations we just made to each other. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. He will. If you call upon him, and if you're living a righteous life, if you're confessing your sins, he will hear you. The Lord hear thee. In the day of trouble. We said that to each other. 
And we are to believe it. The name of the God of Jacob, defend thee. The God of Jacob will defend you. His name here is used in a synecdoche for his whole being. You know, sometimes it's the right hand. Now, is there just a right hand that's going to come and help you? Or is it the God behind the right hand? He doesn't really have a right hand. It's just that we refer to the right hand as the hand of strength. And the hand of fighting. And the hand of help and deliverance. And here it is, the name. You'll notice in verse 7 that some may trust in chariots and horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And His name is Jehovah in the Old Testament. And His name is Jesus in the New Testament. And that's the name that we trust in. Remember the devils themselves knew the name of Jesus and they knew the name of Jesus' servant Paul, but they didn't know those seven gypsies that thought they could use the name of Jesus to cast out devils. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary. God's holy place in heaven. He will send help out of His holy temple. That holy temple that Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6, where they were proclaiming the holiness of God, here it is called His sanctuary because it is a sanctified place. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Even in the New Testament, we are connected to Mount Zion that is above. That was the citadel on the top of a mountain called Mount Zion, where Jerusalem was located. The Jebusites owned it for a while, and it was called Jebus. Melchizedek was king and high priest there when it was called Salem. David and Joab took it and made it the stronghold of Zion. And it's a picture that there is a fortress in heaven named Zion where God dwells as the military commander of the universe. And he delivers us. He strengthens us out of Zion. Let's, we, we keep encouraging each other. May the Lord remember all thy offerings. Now we do things to please the Lord. Does he have a short memory? We have short memories. We forget. The righteous in Matthew chapter 25 even forgot themselves about their offerings. And the Lord had to remind them of the things they had done for the least of these, his brethren. The Lord will remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifices. He will accept them if you bring them with righteous heart and a righteous mind and righteous hands. The Lord will bless, remember, and accept your offerings and sacrifices. Selah. We've just encouraged each other to count on all those things. The Lord will do every one of them. He'll do these as well. Verse 4. Grant thee according to thine own heart. That's pretty strong. Can we count on that one? Grant thee according to thine own heart. If you love him with all thine heart. And if you're living a righteous life. And if you're keeping your heart with all diligence. He will grant you according to your own heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Amen. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. All the thinking and planning and desiring that you've put together, the counsel that you've laid for your life, the plan that you've laid to do something, 
He will fulfill it. If you're trusting in Him and obeying Him. We will rejoice in thy salvation and the name of our God. We will set up our banners. Our lives and our trust and what we proclaim to others as being the basis for our pursuit of anything in this world are the banners of God Himself. And again, notice it's His name that we set up our trust. It's not the name of anyone. Lord, save us from ever calling ourselves Lutherans after a man named Luther. Save us from ever naming ourselves after Moses or Joshua. There's only one name that we want before our hearts and out of our lips and in whom we're going to trust, and that is our God Himself, and it's in His name we'll set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. All the things that you would seek from the Lord, He will fulfill if you're obeying Him. This is a psalm of blessing. This is what God offers His people. This is what God promises His children. If you'll put your heart and trust in Him. This is plain language. It's powerful language. It's a list of blessings. Now I know that the Lord saveth His anointed. And David certainly had been saved numerous times. And he wrote of it in that sixth verse. You know, some trust in chariots. I remember as a boy, I was an avid reader of anything about the military that I could get my hands on. And, you know, I love to compare the military forces of anyone in the, any nation in the world at that time when I was a boy. Or reading through the annals of World War II, comparing the military strength of the various nations. But the military strength ranked in tanks and men, guns, bullets, ships, doesn't have a thing to do with victory. Amen doesn't have a thing to do with victory. In fact, it's a deterrent to victory. Because God will intervene on the behalf of those with far inferior arms to, prove, to get himself glory. And it's in him we trust. And David had learned that. What did we just learn recently about Jael and Sisera of the Canaanites? Did they have 900 chariots of iron? Do you know what conclusion we came to? That chariots of iron do not work well in deep water. Right. Because God caused the river Kishon to overflow and washed away the army. Barak, with only 10,000, marched them all into the water and they drowned. And the chariots destroyed those mighty prancing horses. Because the chariots were like anchors in the water. What good did your 900 iron chariots then do? Praise the Lord with me, brethren. Some trust in chariots. And some in horses. And you know you're reading our newspaper and they want to make a missile shield. And they want to do this. And they want to do that. And the foolish Russians, you know, sold their last loaf of bread to try to make another bomb. Thinking that a bigger bomb will protect them. That was in the news this past week. But you know, it's not bombs and it's not planes. And a couple of you brothers traded pictures with me this week of the USS Reagan in Pearl Harbor. I don't know how they got it in or got it out, but they got it in. And there was a picture of the USS Reagan in Pearl Harbor next to the Arizona Memorial. It could swallow 150 of them. It was huge. It's a floating city. 
You know, there's only a few nations on earth that have the capital to build one aircraft carrier. It's like building another state. 6,000 men. 20 decks. Unknown speed. Don't refuel for 20 years. Propellers that weigh 66 ton. 100 aircraft. Four high-speed elevators to get them on the flight deck. You know, we build them like every few months. Kick out another one. But you know what? Some trust in chariots, some in horses, and some in aircraft carriers. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. He is going to protect us. We don't know how to fight battles anymore. Look at the last several that we've been involved in. All we know how to do is waste a lot of money and waste a lot of lives and not accomplish a thing. So we've got to put our trust in the Lord, and He will protect us. He protected Israel of old, and He'll protect America under the New Testament as long as we'll live faithful lives. You say, but we're such a small congregation, and there's 300 million people. He told Abraham, if I find ten righteous souls, I'll spare even Sodom. That's why we want to put our trust in the Lord for ourselves and for our children. Speaking of our enemies that put their trust in other things... They are brought down, verse 8, and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. That makes me think of the Yamoto, the greatest battleship ever built by the Japanese. It exceeded any battleship that we had. The biggest guns we've ever put in a battleship are 16-inch. That means you can crawl down the barrel. The Yamoto sunk. Because we sent about 150 planes at it. And while it took us a few hours, it never did any damage to us. And a huge investment of capital by the Japanese nation went down. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. And who makes that difference? That they are fallen and we're standing. At the end of the fight, someone's on the deck and someone else is standing. The Lord makes the difference. Save Lord Let the king hear us when we call. Let the high king of heaven hear us when we call. This is where our trust is. And today we're going to see it again in the life of Joshua. And what we want to take home is that while we believe and while we worship him and while we trust him and obey him, he will bless and deliver and help. But if we neglect his word and do not keep his commandments... And rebel against him, he will immediately turn and curse, as he's going to do in what we read today. May it sober us, humble us, but if we're walking with the Lord, let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be thankful that we have such a great deliverer.